Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on our very, very, very special episode. We'll be discussing the new Nick Cage movie, Willy's Wonderland. It just sounds so good rolling off the tongue. New Nick Cage movie. Uh, we should just make them national holidays, days of celebration. So that's what we're trying to do here today. Another thing to celebrate, we are fortunate enough to be joined by our friend, the great and powerful Carmelita Valdez McCoy. Um, she is always so delightful to talk to, and we're very fortunate that she was able to join us for today's discussion. Before that, though, a couple little bits of business we got to get to. If you could take a second right now, especially if you find us on Apple Podcast app, leave us a five-star rating and a couple sentences of review, right? Five-star, little description of why you like uh, spending time with the show, means the world to us, helps us defeat the algorithmic, satanic, animatronic, algorithmic overlords in our own life. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist, over uh, on YouTube. Adi. We do uh, video versions of this podcast and some other fun stuff that you can find over there. Also, you can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, or reach out to us on any of the social media sites. If you're there, we're there. It's a great way to let us know movies you'd like to hear covered, especially these new ones, which we're doing more of. Um, themes for a month, double features. If there are guest hosts you'd love us to reach out to, any of that stuff, guys, if you want to hear us talk about it, that's what we want to give you. So reach out and let us know. Again, thank you so much, guys, uh, for all you've been doing for us in the show. We see you, and it warms our, uh, our little black heart. So thank you so much for that. All right, guys, today, Willie's Wonderland. Nick Cage versus Satanic Chuck E. Cheese, essentially, right? Um, it gives you all the good fun you want. Has some really interesting questions, which we dive into. Um, and again, we're joined by the the just amazingly insightful and interesting Carmelita Valdez McCoy. You can find her on Twitter and Letterboxd at Carmelita Says. Uh, we're very fortunate she was able to spend some more time with us. Go back. Last Tuesday, uh, she joined us for an episode on another movie we've been waiting a long time for, St. Maud. Fantastic movie. Great episode. Um, so thank you so much from us to Carmelita for uh, clearing out some time for us. And we hope you guys enjoy our discussion of Willie's Wonderland. <laughs> guys welcome back to the show our friend carmelita valdez mccoy welcome back hello thank you for having me back <laughs> of course i hope you guys uh have listened to carmelita and us discuss saint mod a week ago uh today not as elevated of a film but not by much how dare we're you we're taking <laughs> a step down into the uh the hell that is Whoa. willie's wonderland <laughs> apologies Apologies, our film scholar here. Very falutin. Yeah, I have Criterion Channel now. Sorry. Taste. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, I watched a Japanese film the other day, I think. No. <laughs> so, all right. So we saw the trailer for Willy's Wonderland, and like everyone else, we're like, if there was a show that needs to cover this film, because we we find ourselves, we consider ourselves the Saint Mods of Nicolas Cage. Where we just talk to him, we worship him. We uh, spread his word around as best we can. Yes. Um, 
Carmelita, we've been big fans of the late phase Nicolas Cage rebirth, if you will, right? Instead of kind of mm-hmm. those Walmart bin action movies, now he's kind of transitioning into some weird horror and science fiction. Um, what do you make of this this new phase Cage? And what did you think of Willy's Wonderland? Just kick us off. So I'm going to say that I'm here for it. I'm all the way in. <laughs> for sure. Sold. I also want to let you guys know, you might not know this, I started listening to Film Alchemist because of your Nicolas Cage month. Oh, oh. see, here we go. Full of course we had to have you on for this. <laughs> so glad so, you're here for this then. That was the moment that I fell in love with the Film Alchemist. You did a whole month of Nicolas Cage movies back in the day. And I was hooked. And now here we are. (laughs) And Nicolas Cage, whatever he does, I'm here for it. And he does, you know, some of the projects he works on are not great films, sure. (laughs) But he always brings it. And I always want to know what he's going to do with the material. Whatever the material is. Yeah. And I think, you know, in I think he's he's in on the way people perceive him he knows how he's perceived and he's just going for it and yeah i i mean sign me up he's kind of on the opposite trajectory of bruce willis right where bruce is like Mm. i'm still gonna hold on and be who i think i am and nicholas cage is like oh you want me to fight chuck e cheese yeah Yeah. i'm there when do we start shooting and and it's glorious (laughs) it it, it really is though there's something very refreshing about because i think people forget this is like A-list, top five male leads, Oscar-winning guy. Everyone forgets that Nicolas Cage dominated movies in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. In the early 90s, he was doing art movies. Like, he won an Oscar. And then, like, 97 to 99, he just did hit after hit of action movies. He was the guy. Where you started to get those little slip-ins where you're like, wait, something feels amiss. And then he's yeah. like, National Treasure, boom. You're like, oh, I guess he's still got Oh, yeah, he's fun. fine. He's, he's bankable. Wait, drive talent. angry. What is happening? Like, What's something unusual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then, yeah, I think it's like he did he did his stint with the superhero movies. Like, he did the two Ghost Rider flicks. And then he's just kind of been building from there in this. It's not like this upwards trajectory for some it is, like myself. But mm-hmm. it's more this, like just gonna stay here this level right here is where i'm gonna live in and he's done a really good job of making movies that should not have any business being interesting interesting simply by being in them i don't know what it is about and we tried figuring this out when we did the month of cage i still don't know what makes him so amazing but i am determined to not find out because i just want to keep experiencing (laughs) nicholas cage movies so esoteric with you especially carmelita what makes this is i would argue what he's done a good job of right is he finds the great log line right like you want to see a lovecraft featuring nicholas cage right you want to see i guess i wouldn't even know how to begin writing the log line for mandy uh kidnapping colors axe fighting like Like, think about but this one right is just satanic Chuck E. cheese uh plus john wick Plus Nicolas Cage. You're like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. watch that movie. Well, I mean, think of anybody else being the star of a movie like like National Treasure. Like, a guy steals the independence, uh, Declaration of Independence. 
Yeah, it's Nicolas Cage. You have my attention. Yeah, like that's okay. the pitch. And but see, that's the difference though, because I feel like any leading man could have done National Treasure and been okay. I don't know that a lot of them could have done this. Like, could Tom Hanks do Will Willy's Wonderland? I don't think no. so. No. So, Carmelita, walk different. me through your opening thoughts on Willy's Wonderland. We'll dive right into this one. <laughs> so, and maybe I'm being a fangirl, but, I mean, the best part about this movie was all the Nicolas Cage stuff. Any scene he was in was captivating. Thoroughly yes. entertaining, funny, badass. Every moment that he was on screen in Willy's Wonderland was great. There's other points in the film <laughs> that he's not in that are not as interesting. Oh, you got a Paula ticket. <laughs> but, like, I was, you know, I'm going to go with them. Because yeah. I know that Nicolas Cage is at the end of the rainbow. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's I know a great way to put to it. Yes, that's scene. a great way to put it. Yes, he is the pot of gold at the end of this very strange rainbow. Yeah, well, it's weird because I, I so instantly bought into the movie, right? So it's yeah. Nicolas Cage driving like an asshole, pounding <laughs> energy drinks, his tire blows out. I'll tell you when I started to be like, something is unusual here, right? was when he locks eyes with the the underage girl and then all of a sudden he he's just they're they're really getting into this bit he doesn't talk i'm not kidding you when i say i didn't know that was one of the pillars of this film and i would be lying if i said because this thing it it works to a point there's a part of the film where i was like i feel like i got cheated on hearing Nicolas Cage scream yeah, some okay, monologues versus Chuck E. Cheese monsters. Like, I'll give you I felt a little cheated. The, there's definitely an aspect of a cheat when you don't let the cage loose and get that timeless yeah. yelp of Nicolas it, Cage we, having we, done anything. They call it Cage Rage, right? That's kind of what he's become. Lately. He's right. so unhinged, yeah. right? That's like his calling card. This is Caging Cage. And that, that's the trick of the movie is it feels like, oh, it's Nicolas Cage going ape shit fighting animatronics. And you're like, this is probably, I mean, since adaptation, the most subdued Nicolas Cage has ever been in a movie. <laughs> you wouldn't think it by the trailer. But really think on this movie, this yeah, has right. to be the most subdued Nicolas Cage. I mean, that's Again, since I, maybe that's adaptation. That's what I love about it, though, right? That's yeah. part of what makes it so Nicolas Cage is the unexpected. Is, That's a good point. I'll is, go with you on that. Not knowing is is he not going to talk? Yeah. And the, yeah, you know, and I get I, to the point where I'm like, wow, he's not going to talk. I know. Well, yeah. I kept waiting. I thought it was going to be like a Silent Bob thing. I'm like, he's going to drop a banger, like somewhere in the last ten minutes, he's going to say something, and it's just going to be the best moment of my life. <laughs> and he did it. He just fucking rolls no. away. He shared that pop with that girl at the end. I'm like, come on, man. Like Chuck I got, I got thoughts like, on him and that anything. young lady. I did not but, like you. <laughs> but like, it is this weird movie where it is the weird movie where Nicolas Cage does not get an utterance, let alone like the classic Nick Cage, Nick Cage scream, the Cage rage, as we would call it. 
instead we get this really measured subdued version of him that like while we don't get the scream we do get the irks i would say mm-hmm. like the facial expressions are there but the sound behind them does not exist it's again it's a really weird movie like i, I mean yeah. there's really not a lot to go in like honestly it's he's basically set up to go he's set up by the townspeople he goes into clean wally willie's wonderland it was originally, it was originally called wally's wonderland wasn't it I and that no was the idea. original title either way he goes into clean <laughs> willie's wonderland animatronics come alive he kills them that's it like that's like the movie like again the elevator pitch is nick cage versus chuck e cheese and you're like i'll buy it but it's and, with nicholas cage though it's what's in between because so before we get too far off on these things, but like Nicolas Cage at the pinball machine, Nicolas Cage just changing his shirt, Nicolas Cage not being shocked that a fucking ostrich is attacking him, right? So <laughs> that's that's the thing. That's where he becomes this beautiful palette is you're like, yes. wait, I have questions. And the movie's like, no, 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 no time for questions, right? Because have questions. Now, if I have a critique of this film, right, is that, and maybe this gets to the I wish he would have talked to, I feel like, they maybe didn't believe in the premise of what they were mm. selling. I think okay. maybe they wussed out a little bit, right? Sure. Because if you're asking me, do I need any teenager that exists in this movie? No, they no. serve not one narrative bit of value, right? Like, we not see some really. of them get killed, but none of the kills are super. I guess the the frog neck snapping was interesting-ish. But, like, they're not really that They great, try right? to pay off the main girl, but... It like you find out way too late. And you figure it out pretty quickly, actually, if you're watching the movie. But like, <laughs> like the first time you see her, <laughs> yeah, the first time you see her, you know it's her. Sorry, I don't know why I'm saying it this way. I'm probably just this trying is not to a uh, Pandora's box of slowly opening yeah, mysteries. Right. Like it's not this like weird slow <laughs> reveal. There's literally nothing mysterious about the fact that she knows where it is. She knows what's inside. <laughs> right. They don't explicitly tell you yeah, what like, you're supposed it's to. It's not a thing out. where they're just like, hey. This is the movie. Like yeah. they give you the little, and again, I, I like the twist, which we'll get to that. But <laughs> the general premise I buy into, specifically because Nick Cage literally stares down a giant animatronic ostrich and then beats it to death, and then goes plays pinball. Like those are the things that I expect from this movie, and I get them over and over again in fifteen minute increments. It's exactly what I wanted. I need you guys to walk through something with me. Sure. I need to flesh out this this fucking wandering Don Quixote-like figure. (laughs) This fucking uh, Blade of the Immortal Man that Nicolas Cage is portraying in this film. I have a lot of questions, and I don't know if perhaps together we can uncover what his possible backstory would be. Mm -mm. But there are some weird decisions just happening constantly. I don't think that's anything that we've hidden from you guys. So <laughs> let me ask you some questions and you tell me how you think these fit into a possible backstory. Okay. Why oh why? Why oh why? Does Nicolas Cage have a wristwatch that is set for when he must start and finish his energy drinks? Well, hang on. 
this is an important thing because you're asking these questions in a Nicolas Cage movie. So the answer automatically is. We are going to assume that this 100% is forethought out and matters. (laughs) Hang on. The answer, no matter what you ask, is going to be unequivocally every time. Why not? It's a Nicolas Cage movie. Literally, that's not what the game is. The game is is. you guys are going to pretend this is a deep, deep art house movie. I have an answer for you. Okay, Carmelita, go. I have an answer for you. (laughs) Having a personal history with substances. I think he needs to maintain a certain level of caffeine or whatever else is in that energy drink. Guarina. It's the it's the chemistry experiment that is like when you are dependent on a substance. So that was my assumption right off the bat was that he needs to maintain a certain level. And so, you know, like he knows like okay, yeah. these days I'm clean and sober now. But Congrats. I have my my socially <laughs> sanctioned vices like coffee. Yep. yep. I have to start drinking coffee at a very particular time in the morning. I have to maintain a certain yeah. amount of coffee drinking and then stop by a certain point. I can't stop earlier than that. I have to drink coffee up to this certain point or I get yeah. like dope sick. Oh, I have the same thing. I have my exact yeah. schedule for my five coffees I have every day. Right. I have them to the hour, right? My question. So, like, here's the weird little extra hiccup, right? He clearly is very devout to this regimen, right? This fucking purple <laughs> punch drink or whatever. The scene that throws me for a loop, though, and is like, this could be something more, is the fact that when they're getting attacked by the frog, he walks in and puts his hands up like he's the Notre Dame logo. And then he's like, dig, dig. He just hands the girl a knife and is like, I got to go oh purple my God. punch later. That was my later. favorite part of the movie, by the way. It's, Sorry. But that's just one like... of those great things you're like, because I, if I'm being honest, I feel like none of this makes any sense to me, right? But because it's Nicolas Cage, I so desperately want it to. What? That is I, the exact opposite think... rationale for going into a Nicolas Cage movie. How dare no you? No way. No way. Nicolas Cage is the playground where my mind can wander. I. Oh, I forgot. He... Mandy was such a rational film. How dare you first up? When he leaves that room, though, there's something more than just, I like this drink. This is a life and death moment. It, it's what Carmelita said. It's a regiment. No, not when someone, like, I like my well, coffee too. when I like it. He has if the I dog saw tags my kid about to get eaten by a fucking frog, I'd be like, I can wait five minutes. Here's the other thing. He was told to take his breaks. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. you think- Thank you, Carmelita. He's at work. And he needs, by law, to take his breaks. He's taking his Union 15. Everyone knows this. <laughs> He's a union right. man. Okay. He's a union man. Add that man to the board. Cleaners. <laughs> In the spider diagram of what Nicolas Cage's character is. He's a union man. <laughs> He's got to take man. his breaks. Yeah. His break time. He just looks at the girl. He's like, oh, you didn't pay your dues? I hope you survive. He has a, he has a caffeine right. regimen to maintain. I wondered... All tracks. If those were even energy drinks. I actually just thought they were soda, to be honest with you. Let me ask you this. Nicolas Cage clearly has superpowers in this film. He clearly has superhuman strength, right? Does he? He breaks handcuffs in half. He kills the animatronic demons with his fucking thighs. He zinnia on a tops that fucking pixie's head. Right. Right? 
She they survives. put him in handcuffs like he'll clearly die, right? He's stronger than the rest of them. That's for sure. Right? He's stronger than a normal yes, man. he is abnormally strong. And he yes. has to pound these energy drinks. And he doesn't talk. Is Are we sure Nicolas Cage is an actual human man in this movie? Mm. Here's another thing to posit. Are we sure this is not the continuation of a Nicolas Cage character from a former Nicolas Cage movie? Which one? Question, could it be our man from Leaving Las Vegas who survived his bout with death? <laughs> and he's this like, is I his just new really regimen. Like energy he's, he's now hooked on sodies. This is his new question. <laughs> so, now I'm hooked on soda pop. Uh, I, I would say this, if this was a sequel, it would be breaking out your animatronic dead. <laughs> Maybe that. He's like, I finally got a good eight hours and I feel much better. No, but okay. So this is something that kind of struck me, right? So he does all this and there's something going on with this pinball machine. Something very wrong because the movie plays it like Nicolas Cage is fucking that pinball machine. Yes. Every time he touches that pinball machine, it is it is more romantic than it should be. Right? It's the That's why he does the pinball. Madonna moves. I think it's more than that. The scene I thought we were going to get, I'm telling you, I thought it was going to happen. Is that we saw him post his high score and there would be initials and we'd see that he was the former high record holder from like a long time ago. Right. Because I had either this was some kind of ghost or a guy who had lost someone here or he's an angelic force sent to clean up. Right. I don't think he's just a man. Something is happening. I'm going to say this is someone who enjoyed. I'm going to say this is out of the corner of his eye and he's like, oh, shit. As someone who enjoyed this movie, I'm going to say this. That's a little highbrow for this film, all right? <laughs> I think not. I think it's all there in plain sight. I think the teenagers... You and I are not the watching waste, the same movie. The 30 wasted minutes on teenagers was to throw us off the art house scent. That's my theory about this. But this yeah, is what sorry, I mean, they're, right? They're, they're trying to so, fit a Cassavetes film in the middle of this. Yeah. Work with me on these things, right? What is the difference right. with this man? Why this guy? There's something in the mixture of these things... Mm. that is happening i mean it's very it's very john wickish you know like that's like the new blueprint for most of these kinds of characters is a guy with a very specific thing he does all the time right john wick shoots people in the face nonstop, no matter but what john wick doesn't really want to fuck a pinball machine that to me gives it this connection to the former glory of willie's because as he cleans it up it's a fucking willie's wonderland pinball machine right Right. So it's almost as if in the way he cleans and this could just be a Nicolas Cage, but he's so he's so much better at cleaning than a human being could be at cleaning. He is so good at it, right? That he seemingly cares about this place more than he should. Do you think the punch pop do you think the punch pop is like some form of anabolic anabolic steroids? No, I think it's how I think it's how the angel is able to keep his corporeal form. I think it's his super soldier serum. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I, I really do think that's why it's on a timer and why he has to let that girl risk it is because if he no, doesn't like drink it. the punch soda. That's why he's got a ri- that's why he's got like a whole like 12 pack of them in the back of his car. Right. Yeah. Because he's driving. Why would he choose that as a weapon yeah. at the end to be in the bag? There's some kind of heavenly stank on it. OK. Why would he be whipping his sodies around? <laughs> You're going to be all shaken up and gross. 
What if he doesn't I, have any I more back by his uh, Nickelback collection in the back of his board? Don't don't shake him up like that. Don't yeah. shake him up like that. That's not how you treat a respectable energy no. punch soda. I tell I think there is a a heavens warrior, right? If I had to pitch you what I think Nicolas Cage is, right? I think there's a familiarity with this place and a true mm-hmm. love, right? We see that in the scene when they'd have their menage a trois battle, right? Where he kicks the jukebox on, right? That's a Fonzie thing. That's someone who's been in the restaurant a bunch, right? He fucking right. knows. You could be onto something. How this melds with the backstory, I can only assume is that Nicolas Cage lost someone there in a horrific right. accident. I yeah, thought what they sense. were tying us to is that he was going to be the weird-looking dad we saw at the first scene. And that they were going to be father-daughter. Instead, at the end, they just played it very creepy, like Nicolas Cage is going to try to <laughs> get her all energy-drinked up and hook up with her. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he just the professionaled her away. That's yeah. all. I was like, I know the cops were not super trustworthy in this movie, but if you see your daughter getting in a car with that version of Nicolas Cage, that's a red flag. That's yeah. a, a red flag. flag. <laughs> that's a Inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm telling you, I think I think there's something extra going on with the cage. I'll give you the cage. I do think the cage probably knew of the place and purposely sprung the booby trap so that he could dispatch. I like the idea that he is like, a father of a murdered family or something like that. So he has some sort of gladiator level vendetta. Maybe that's why he's driving so fast is he's trying to cover all the roads to figure out where they're going to catch their victim. Why is he driving through town this day? Why is he not shocked by the ostrich? Do you think maybe, okay, what if he is besides being ex-military, perhaps he is the They definitely father. showed dog tags in the first scene exactly like mm-hmm. I called. <laughs> 100% Maybe there's called a, it. he's the father of a victim when Willie's Willie wasn't an animatronic animal, a weasel. When he was out like, on tour. Ooh. When he was out. Yeah. Like when out he was in the out, real world. He was yeah. out on a tour in wherever and th- war. Like this is finally, oh, he's shit. hunted Willie his entire time. He's been wow. on the road. I, I think, think that's we just cool. Can, I think we just constructed the backstory for Nicolas Cage. Carmelita walked me the janitor through. in this movie. We'll keep. I think I've got some other ideas on how we can get through this or okay. uh, other piece of evidence. But I want to detour for a minute. Walk me through the the unveiling of the backstory of Willie's Wonderland, Carmelita. What did you make of this this unfurling? Oh man, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn for serial there. killers, so yeah. Get, it's, it's like we're getting this nightmare on Elm Street kind of situation going. And so there's got to be like, it was one thing when it was just one guy who was like yeah. creepy pedophile molester slash murderer. Yeah. But then he's like hiring all his buddies. <sighs> and so it's like this cabal. Yeah, it's like they all got on the chat rooms and they're like, hey, guys, we all need jobs. Right. And- well, also the fact that this hasn't been in like a serial killer TV show my mom watches. It's like <laughs> Satan worshiping Night Stalker opens a Chuck E. Cheese. Like, right. I feel like that's just been sitting there waiting for like, I don't know when Mindhunter first started and they named him serial, right. but like 60 like, years. <laughs> like, it's a lot. And I think I didn't expect this. Like, yeah. Me neither. No, I was very, I was very, ta- I was very taken. I was, I was very surprised, because you know, from seeing the trailer and just from growing up going to Chuck E. Cheese, 
Like oh, yeah. those animatronic, they're creepy. They're fucking they're creepy. creepy. Yeah. They're not right. Well, you remember, I don't know no. if you're old enough. You remember the phase when they started shutting them out? So they'd have them behind curtains and you'd watch like a cartoon of Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. And then they would only uncurtain them for like 30 second bursts and then cover them up again. Yeah, I remember Because <laughs> they that. could tell the writing was on the wall. Yeah, we hate these fucking things. <laughs> yeah, but there's, once, once the, uh, once the illusion is broken and people just realize like, like, no, this is creepy and icky. Yeah. Like there's just no going back. So I didn't realize <laughs> we were going to get this whole nightmare on Elm street, creepy molester. And then the satanic ritual, like what? Yeah. Now we're going like Rosemary's oddly, birthday joint. Yeah. It was like nightmare on Elm street and child's play with child's e. play. It's exactly child's play, right? Yeah. It was all of those things. It's just this like weird concoction. It worked for me. Like I was like, oh, it's a very clever, it's a very clever now, way to do this. This is However, the thing. Yeah, it is oh, like one of those things where you're like, <laughs> there's that like logic gap where you're like, after the first family never comes out of the arcade room, no one goes. <laughs> this seems odd. Like there's a car left in the parking lot that no one claimed. It's again. That's like my only like. That's they like had a serial killer valet. They had a serial killer excavator. Like they were taking care of all of this. No. <laughs> so many serial killers on the payroll. Yeah, I actually. This is what I text you though, man. I feel like this movie left a lot of meat on the bone, right? Because right. to me, so Nicolas Cage is someone seeking revenge. Right? I think that becomes pretty clear halfway through the movie. This is not a happenstance you know, wandering Ronin guy. I think this is a very pointed thing. And I think that's yeah. why he keeps changing into the Willie shirt as well. I think it's important that he wears that shirt as he destroys mm. these monsters, yeah. right? Because they make a very specific point of showing that like eight times. But <laughs> what I think is funny, though, right? So these people take the form of the fucking beast or whatever. I don't know who decided first, hey, who's going to be the fucking... French creepy alligator. Like if this was predetermined, or if they shape shifted based on the serial, maybe the serial I killers. I thought that too. I was marketing. like, are we going to know who the other serial killers are because that's who they shape shifted into? Right, but like, which imagine, one would you okay. want to be? Oh God, uh, probably it's the satanic the, ritual, and you get Ooh, and you get put the in gorilla? the gorilla. I mean, that's, well, now that's I'm trying to think. Isn't the gorilla the one that's like uh, says, like, "Hey, you want to fuck Chunky"? Yeah, well, he's the one I remember I like was reading the subtitles the and I was like, "Good lord, we could have left that one out." Like, goddamn. I prefer. I really liked the uh, Mexican turtle. That was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I like the weasel guy and the the gorilla. We're probably that was there. the one where my wife was walking past me watching, and she goes, "Is that a Mexican turtle?" I'm like, "I don't want to. I don't even know how to answer that question." It's Tortuga, like, no Andrea. Tortuga. <laughs> Spanish and everything. Yeah, he speaks Spanish the whole time. Like, yeah, that was like the other thing. Like, my wife's my wife's Guatemalan, and she was just like, "Is he speaking Spanish?" I'm like, "And it's a turtle." She goes, "I'm gonna walk away." I'm like, "All right, cool. Yeah, do your thing." <laughs> She's like, "I get it, Nicolas Cage movie." No, but so this is the thing, though. This movie left it on the line, right? Because if you have mm. Nicolas Cage in here on a mission, right, he's going to clean this place both very literally and figuratively, right? Why do we spend more time with these teenagers that never develop a character than mm. with the different serial killers? Right? Because they have that awesome room think, where yeah, he walks yeah. into the the Pixie's room, right? And it's like her little haunted forest where you can kind of see how that would be fun, but also like, ew, don't let your kids in there. That should have been 
for every single character. All of those right. animatronics should have had a story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, why did we bring in the cop from out of town to not give us a dossier no, on I, the various serial like, killers? There's a huge, like, 13 ghost thing that should have been going on in this movie. Like, a very missed opportunity. Oh, good call. And well, like, they brought the teenagers in, and when the teenagers were like, I'm horny, let's fuck. I was like, oh, yeah, they just want to show some tits and, and ass. By the way, they can we focus real quick on those teenagers specifically? What era are these teenagers from? Because, like, there's the main girl who's, like, clearly from, like, the now times. And then the other girl teenager is, like, a hooker in 1982 New York. Like I was going to say walking, L.A. Like strip a, hooker. Like a straight-up streetwalking cheetah. And like, I'm really I don't into know. Cinderella. That's my favorite music. What? Where did it, you come from? <laughs> it's so weird. Like again, I was just like, I, I was She's sitting there marveling the at the Wait choices for that character alone. Wait a I'm sec. Like, uh oh. What, what the if really? she is lost in time? She chews the gum like she's fucking married to Al Bundy. She's lost. What if? What if? Maybe she's fucking on purpose. She's luring him into a trap. She's the honeypot. For who? Fucking Willies. She's no. the honey dick. She's honey Sorry. dicking him. She's I, honey dicking him. That's what my that that's one, what man. my nana used to say. I can't. Isn't I, that weird? No, I'm not. I'm not getting on that train, man. They're, Why not? She, Everyone else wanted to. That's why she wanted to jump up on that ladder first. That's why we couldn't see her boobs because that's probably where all the carnage was. Is it just? If me, you lift her was, bra up, it's just like shredded breast honestly it was just weird like i i couldn't take my eyes off the blue eyeshadow she was wearing simply because i'm like i don't think i've seen that since like one of jamie lee curtis's friends in trading places see you haven't long time haven't like tell him carmelita tell him i'm on to it (laughs) i i don't i really i don't know there's more going on than there's no payoff for that patsy though that's the problem and she gets murdered anyways. I'm not saying it's a good choice. I'm saying it's a choice. <laughs> it's a right? choice. It is a choice. It's a choice. Her whole, her whole character is baffling because when, when we first get introduced to her, she's the one who removes the handcuffs. Because mm-hmm. she's tough. The, she's street. I was going yeah, to say also as a kid who grew out. up in a trailer right. park, I was like, is that just how you think we all are? <laughs> right? Like, there's a part of that. You know, so I was thinking like, okay, they're going to do this thing where, you know, she's dressed provocatively in a way that people are going to judge her based on the way she looks. But what we're going to come to find out is she's really smart and capable. And then. Oh, you mean character development? (laughs) Right. And And then it just devolves into. Yeah. screwing in the like, really quickly too she literally goes oh i'm kind of horny in here and you're like where did that come from and well, like where she, are you she from? fell through the roof and probably could have yeah. broken something and then she just hears uh the movie trailer Happy birthday. she's like oh my god whap let's go oh my god oh <laughs> like, yeah please what? it's but, so weird it happens to be so fair fast, though like, they are teenagers really they are teenagers that's not an that's excuse. the only give is that we all remember being teenagers and you're like probably i would have i yeah, would have probably I mean, risked it yeah but i wasn't a teenager who was pulled through a time warp from 1982 in new york so you There's agree a with huge me now. difference you agree with me now 
Did we ever find out what her name is? Is it Trixie? Because that would be like definitely an indicator <laughs> she's been pulled from a time warp. I don't think they even named anyone in the movie. Not to say that the name Trixie is hookery, but like she definitely was a hooker. It was. Well, maybe this. in her own time. Now she's just a honeypot. <laughs> I. It was very weird. Like, and again, I just. She heard the happy birthday song and just got horny, and I was just like. This feels like it's happening very fast, just so we can so... get a couple of kills on the board. And that's what I mean. It was just body count. I was like, just take them out. Unless each animatronic monster is going to slaughter in a specific way. Right. Then give See, me the body. that's another big missed opportunity is none of them did anything cool, like, in relation to their character. Right. Like, it, it was right. unfortunate. Like, there, there well, were... You were saying, I, right, I Carmelita, they were all serial killers, right? That was the joint? Yeah, they're all. That was my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. So those people all have methodologies. They don't just walk up and scratch you with a bear paw and they're like, oh, God, fantasy fulfilled. Right. Yeah. That's like, I think that's the thing. And I agree. There are, there's a lot to be, there's a lot more to be explored. And again, I don't mind that the movie was 80 minutes long. But the problem is, no, no, no. I'm not asking for another 20 minutes. I'm I'm asking asking for another 20 minutes of backstory. What I'm asking for is that (laughs) there's be some, for such a unique premise and for such a fun like conceit to a movie i love nicolas cage and i will watch nicolas cage in anything but this movie particularly has a really good idea that never gets taken out for a ride other than getting to see nicolas cage be nicolas cage i don't get the opportunity to see anything else in this movie that totally could work and add to the weirdness that is nicolas cage like that's right. my thing is in this movie, Nicolas Cage is the weirdest thing. And that I think is the trouble. <laughs> with satanic serial killing animatronics. You're not That's wrong though. Wonderland. Honestly, if there's one huge critique I have is that Nicolas Cage is the weirdest thing in it. And like, while Which Nicolas normally Cage works is a lot, often the weirdest person in a movie, it's because there's something equally as weird on the other side. Like Mandy, the whole movie's weird. And Nicolas Cage is weird. It always balances itself out. Like, I never watch a movie and think, oh, man, I'm never going to get to the end of this. But then I know because Nicolas Cage is just, he's going to carry it through no matter how weird it gets or how unweird it gets. It's when he's the only weird thing in a movie. Being weird for no for weird's sake, that's the trouble of getting through Willy's Wonderland is you're not experiencing it the same way Nicolas Cage is experiencing it. And that is the benefit of a Nicolas Cage movie. He brings us in with his performance. We all are experiencing Nicolas Cage at that moment. Yeah, I I'm mean, having a real just, moment it's here. It's a bummer to, you're like... to bring up the rest of it to match. Yes. Yeah, but it's like, when's the next time I'm going to be in a satanic Chuck E. Cheese in a movie? Like, you got to run right. the thought experiment. Take it me, out right? for a ride, man. If you're doing the guy who's, like, suing corporate America, like, that shit comes every year. Like, you can go other directions. This is a very specific thing. And to me, it's like the fact that Nicolas Cage wins the fight so easily and they aren't buried. I think that's because he's this avenging spirit again. You, I thought of another piece of evidence I had written down I forgot to bring up. (laughs) Did you you wonder at the end why he used the two sticks tied together as his weapon? No. So he's in an entire kitchen, Why? right? They would have knives, yeah. meat yeah. pulverizer. I didn't even think about it. Whatever. Anything in there would be better than two fucking sticks that are broken tied together. 
I think that stick was the murder weapon on he who he's avenging. What if Willie cracked okay. that stick off on the victim? And that's what, because when he tied those two sticks together, I'm like, those are like two hot dog thin sticks that are like two feet long. Like, that's the worst weapon I've ever seen. And his bag of sodies. That feels like holy weapons, right? Okay, I could see that. Like, but there it is right there. Again, like, without explaining anything, Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage. He's weird. And again, I don't have a problem with that. It's fun to watch. <laughs> But without explaining that kind of stuff or not giving any backstory whatsoever, like yeah. we all like characters without backstory. The Drifter is a great character. But right. like we talked about last week with St. Maud, we didn't need to be told anything about Maud to know she was fucked up and kind of weird and ended up being a total monster. <laughs> like, but because that's the movie, the movie presents itself in that way. Nicolas Cage being a blank slate doesn't work because Nicholas Cage is not a blank slate. He's Nicholas fucking Cage. Like he's every movie he's ever done put into one person. Like he that's just the energy. Maybe he that's to the all thing though. Carmelita I don't know if you agree with this, Carmelita. Maybe the problem hmm. is is that if you have like the rock in this movie, he is just okay. the guy who gets caught and has to fight. Maybe Nicholas Cage can't help himself but make such idiosyncratic decisions. Then it then opens it up for all this other speculation. I I don't know. Do you but think what I'm saying? Do you think the pieces are there? Do you think there are pieces there or that he just makes us want answers to his weird behavior? I, I mean, I, I think that they, you know, they left enough things because we have all those idiosyncrasies. I mean, the human mind, we want to connect things. We want yeah. answers. They put them there. So they're leaving it open for us to interpret as right. we will. Some people will interpret it as, okay, it's Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. Some people will interpret it as time travel, avenging, all this stuff. Ghost Some Rider. people, there's like all on all of the in-between. So I think it leaves it open for that. Now, I think they could have done some more. You guys have made great points to that effect with the other characters to kind of bring them up to that same level. But yeah, they definitely like because there's all those little idiosyncrasies, it I mean, it's just begging you to come up with a reason why. Yeah, my que my question is, what was left on the cutting room floor? Like that to me, I think, is like the key thing here in the movie is I think a big chunk of subplot got cut out of this movie. Like the twist of like basically the town being in on it and feeding the spirit of Willie essentially. Yeah, that was really strange. It's weird. Like it's a choice, and I don't necessarily hate it. Like it works for me because again, by the time it's revealed, you're just like in the movie, so it's not one of those things. Where you're like, <laughs> what this? You're like, just like I still have 33 minutes on the clock. Okay. <laughs> again, well, yeah. Like honestly, I looked at. I think it was at the hour mark was when Beth Grant showed up and she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Willie. This ruffian's causing problems with the sacrifices." And you're like, "You're like, <laughs> none of this seems odd to me. Like, uh, it's like the weirdest thing I've seen still is like Nicolas Cage habitually drinking soda pop and playing pinball. Like that to me is what." So there's some huge chunk of the movie for me that's missing as far as like what I'm supposed to, 
I I can't perceive anything from like whatever clues they've given us about Nicolas Cage. It's literally like three. We know he likes his time regimented sodies. He likes sodies. And that he probably was an ex-military person of some kind. And that he fucking loves pinball. Loves he, pinball. Yeah. Loves pinball. So, wait, I do want to dig in on this, though, because this is a really weird thing they added. Carl, what did you make of the town folks just being in on it? I mean, I'm trying to think, because this has been done before, right? Yes. Well, you know, I mean, it's kind of it Children of the Corn in a way, right? They're feeding it is he who lives the behind the row. Children of the Corn. It reminds me. You know what it reminds me of? I'm a big X-Files fan. Yes. Yep. It reminds me of the X-Files. It reminds me of um, the episode. And, of course, the name is completely. Uh, I'm embarrassed now because I know the name and I can't think of it. But anyways. <laughs> oh, man, the lone gunmen are coming after you. <laughs> you're gonna revoke my, my i can't even remember a character name so i think you're okay oh no, no we're fine. so there, like there's an episode where the whole town is in on this sacrifice these sacrifices that's the, the eating, one where they're like they're, in the PTA. and they're ritualistically eating the brains of the people they're sacrificing the whole town is in on it yeah, yeah i remember okay. that one so it's 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 a lot like like it reminded me of that like so i've i've seen yeah in other series or movies this idea that the preservation of the town they'll they'll make the choice that classic trolley problem right <laughs> you know you, you could toss a couple of sacrifices for the good of the town okay we're willing to do that so well, it, it I seems weird the way it was presented was a little it was a little haphazard it comes well out they of they do a funny thing though they actually must have seen this coming because twice we see someone try to light a lighter in mm. front of the building and can't do it, right? Because yeah. I wrote down, I'm like, Chekhov's lighter when the guy tried to light a cigar and it didn't work, right? That was the second lighter, and he threw it by the dumpster. Right. I was like, for sure, Cage is putting dumpster bodies over there. This thing is happening. And it did, but in a weird way. Because when we see it ignite at the end, it was uh, the pixie that did it. Yeah. So one of the damned souls can light a fire, but perhaps the town folk can't, right? But there's another thing. I don't know because I'm, I'm starting to talk myself into it because one of the things <laughs> is when the uh, the sheriff talks about, well, we took people with devious lifestyles, people that wouldn't right. be missed. Maybe there's a bit of they're doing her job for her. You know what I mean? Maybe there's a bit of her that doesn't mind that Willie's fucking eating these people. I mean, granted, then we cut to like I mean, a family a little, of three, and you're there's like, certainly that sucks. a little quid pro quo there, yeah. Right. Yeah, like she doesn't seem to mind. Neither does the the owner, who seems like he would mind. But he's like, I'm getting a free car out of it every time. <laughs> so yeah, he was really is, stoked on that car. Wow, he yeah, because they almost Nicolas seem Cage's upset car. when Nicolas Cage comes out victorious. Oh, yeah. definitely. And then they have to talk themselves into like, all right, we don't get the Ford full of you know energy drinks. But like, but, hey, we might be able to reopen. But we can All right. turn this fucking pedo palace back into a winning concept. <laughs> There's no way anyone will Google our new Resty Rump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought That's maybe because it was weird to me that the sheriff didn't like shoot Nicolas Cage in the leg. Yeah. You know like what I mean? Like seem, there's something like, about that that was strange. Also, I'm going to let you run on this, Carmelita. That mixed okay. with why didn't 
all of the animatronic monsters just attack him at once? Why was Willie standing once. so vigilant? I don't know. I know, right? I it's like the Bruce Lee movie problem. It's a video game. Yeah. Like, why are you taking turns getting kicked in the face? Fucking brush his ass. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I think that's, I, I think that's kind of the thing about this movie is like it feels like a vehicle to watch Nicolas Cage kick ass. Yeah. And so you know everything is in service to that goal. Yeah. And because really, if I, you know, you pose the question, I don't have a good answer for you. I don't know why they don't all just attack in a frenzy all at once. Yeah. Maybe because they're serial killers and they prefer to kill alone. But that's a stretch. Yeah, because it's like maybe because the gorilla jumps him in the bathroom, that's where the gorilla committed his crimes. Right. You know, maybe. So, but then you see the. A couple of them walk between multiple rooms, right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, man. There was something about, too, like just watching him clean that whole bathroom and then him urinal stomping that gorilla that made me so angry. I was, was so like, That's upset. a lot of cleanup. Oh, can I actually, I, I got to say, like, I legitimately got through this movie. And towards the end, I'm like, I'm going to tell you right now. I was, it was watching with Andrea and two of our friends over, over Zoom. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, if this movie gets to the end and he didn't clean that whole motherfucking place, <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed off. Like, if he leaves it messed up, That's I'm going to be so mad. That's such a weird critique. It's a I weird thing. I feel like thing. he was there like, to clean up I don't up even know the, why I cared that it was Demonic souls. He's there to clean not, up Satanists, not windows. Tell me that's not, like, the saddest thing about getting older is I literally was getting physically yeah. upset that he was, like, cleaning and then having to re-clean stuff. That's oh, the well, that. Or then just being, like... That that spray would never get that off. Ugh. Yeah, no. <laughs> you thought that too? Yeah, I was like, you're not spraying spray paint off. Like, that's not a thing, right? <laughs> Dude, oh. the whole time I was just like, okay, where do they get this cleaner? <laughs> yeah, that cleaner oh, was people. amazing. It's like Goo Gone. It was incredible. Yeah. Into everything. I'm ashamed to admit that that did cross my mind. Oh, I've been in those aisles. No way. <laughs> that's so lame. Uh, maybe I, I need more energy drinks. Get hyped up and just go for it. I liked That's how he like, just got to it. Yeah, he, he just, just matter of factly like I'm doing. It's because he loved Willie's. Oh, see and see, and this takes us back to the to your concept. I would agree that the Nick Cage backstory works here as a vengeance yeah. movie. Like I totally get it. I'm on board. I just I'm not I feel on board like with the time travel stuff. The but other than that, out, you add the serial killer backstory. <laughs> And yeah. you fully unleash Cage to actually like, I don't know, like Shakespearean yell, yeah, at these fucking monsters. Like, I just, I think my my takeaway from this movie mostly, right, is I'm like there there is tons of fun to have. Yes, and there they, is. I think it's the fun thing is like he's just like when he dances in front of that vending machine or that pinball machine and his hair is like whipping, like it's heavenly wind. You're like, yes, yeah, I love that. Like, there's just so much fun stuff. And weird stuff that it works. I think my final thought, though, is I was like, I think there was a great movie, yes. like a great, great movie that was the perfect guy with the perfect kind of elevator pitch movie. And I think they just they shorted it. I don't think they believed yeah. all the way in and they just kind of went for filler stuff. And I would love to know, like, had they just really unleashed Nicolas Cage in a satanic Chuck E. Cheese? That's what I was promised. 
That's not what I got. He didn't have worthy adversaries. He didn't get to do his, like, you know, A, B, C, D. (laughs) He didn't get his, his, like, thing that you want to see him do. And it's weird because he's still by far the best part of the movie. Oh, hands down. I mean, I think that's part of the problem. Like, this might be the movie you look at and go, is it possible to have too much cage in a movie? Untrue. It's not possible. But here's the problem. What you have to have is a counterbalance to the cage. No matter how minuscule you have, you have to have something to balance out whatever Nicolas Cage is doing in the movie. And I think the problem with Willy's Wonderland is there's not enough of that. The concept is weird, but there's not enough weirdness going on for Nicolas Cage to counteract to. You have to shrink Cage down to fit in. Isn't that an insane thing to say in the serial killer Satan cult child's restaurant movie? It's bizarre. They needed to push it just that little bit further. I agree too. No, I agree. I think maybe they were leaning, they were they were counting on what Cage would bring to it. Yeah. And they didn't push those other elements. Yeah, maybe they didn't know how to when the frogs started bargaining, right? The frogs like, I'm not like them. I'm different. I was like, okay, now we're changing up our protocols. Like, yes. something's about to go down. That or when cool. he came out of the Lazarus ball pit. I was like, oh, now it's Cage Unleashed all the way. He just got more duct tape in the, the stick of his fallen loved one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it sounds like I'm saying I didn't love my time with Willie's. And that's a lie. Because this is the kind of movie you always want to find. It's just I think it's rare that this kind of a movie, right? We all know about what this movie is going to be going in. Very rarely, a movie that has this trajectory absolutely takes flight. And it becomes so much more than it should have been because of the sum of its parts. And I think this one had all those ingredients and it just yeah. kind of got bogged Just down. misses. Just like, just, it's like missing like 15%. 15% yeah. more, and we would have had this all you have to do is Nicolas kick Cage. the dead weight of those teenagers out of the cabin. <laughs> and this thing fucking flies. <laughs> I feel bad saying it. I don't know. I don't know. It's, Carmelita, what was your final thought? We'll let you wrap us out. Your final thought on your Willie's experience. You know, I would say for me, I I could ignore the all the lens flares. I could kind of I thought those were on purpose (laughs) yeah I could kind of check out on on some of the teenagers because there's just this quirky there's just this quirky energy about this movie I do agree I think they could have taken it even further and I would have loved to have seen that but that's not the movie that we got this is the movie that we got that's right and it was a fun ride it was a fun watch it was not taxing in any way no and you get to enjoy this really interesting character that Nicolas Cage plays and we get to watch animatronic creepy dolls get murdered (laughs) and I mean at the end of the day what more could I ask for really it's true well you said it really well off air i wanted to give you credit again where you're like because i was like i don't know that this was worth 20 dollars to rent (laughs) right and you said it best the way i'm gonna remember it is i'm not paying 20 dollars just for willie it's an investment 
in the bank of Cage. Yeah. That we will keep Agreed. getting this kind of movie with Nicolas Cage. And to that, I will give all the monies all the time. And I feel like that is a great and noble cause. So I, I absolutely, I thought it was a brilliant way to put it for sure. Yes. <laughs> Invest in Nicolas Cage's career. Keep him working. Yes. He the is returns. a national treasure. That's right. <laughs> it pays dividends. All right, guys. <laughs> That's it for Willie's Sweater. I, I don't know. I, I still have questions, I feel like, and I just have to assume they'll never be answered. I know. I, I think the listeners are like, how do you have so many questions? What is it like watching Willie's Wonderland and being that stupid? Anyway, don't worry about that. Uh, leave us five stars, ratings, and reviews. Subscribe to the YouTube. Find us on all the social media you're on. Carmelita, would you like to tell the people where they can find you? Sure. I am on Twitter. I'm also on Letterboxd. Same handle, Carmelita says. All right, and I'll make sure all that's in the show notes and details, guys. Make sure you find Carmelita and follow. You are absolutely one of our favorites. Thank you so much for giving uh, some of your time to the Nicolas Cage cause. Thank you for giving me the opportunity <laughs> to love on Nicolas Cage in a public forum. Nicola, we love you, Nicola. <laughs> Nicola, mwah, mwah, mwah.